<laughs> John just taking a massive bong hit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's rock in. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. See, it's interesting. I've said that the show is in three parts with a half, so I don't know how that exactly works. I was homeschooled. Don't come at me. Math. Math <laughs> is hard sometimes. As my dad used to say, there's only three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and lots of wankers. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Time travelers, um, if you are a time traveler, please let us know. We've just given Sam two perfect opportunities to call on his wankers of the week. All right, guys. Yeah, let's <laughs> that, move that, on. Let's move on. Let's that move audio on. delay, <laughs> the audio delay is horrible. That two seconds being like, oh, there's a pause. Let's like hammer on. <laughs> I keep saying like an absolute dick because I keep like talking over the top of you guys. I can that. feel just a solitary lonely bead of sweat going down the back of my calf. Like <laughs> weaving its way from one hair follicle to the next. <laughs> oh, delightful. Oh, good to be alive. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everybody in between, it is good to be alive and it's good to be back in the virtual studio. As always, lads, it's been one week. It's been... One week since we're in the virtual studio. A little bit of bare naked ladies there. Good song, that. It's been one week. Is that the name of the song? It's been one week? I think it is. Um, anyway. They say it a lot in that song, so let's just assume it is. Yeah, it's been. Um, <laughs> how are you, boys? Johnny, Sam? Fantastic, as pretty much usual. It's excrement. It's uh, another <laughs> Tuesday. It's another pod, pod night. Pod the night. chaps chat cats. Pod night can't go wrong. Always excited for a pod night. Pod night hit it hard. Sambo, how are you doing? Hell of a lag. Hell of a lag. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just wanted to. I didn't want to say anything because, like, as soon as I start to talk, you'll come in. How much does that come through in the in the final recording? Mostly not at all because I fix it. But okay. like, if it's really okay. bad, it's really bad. <laughs> I say that was. You should make that one worse. That was a big delay. That was. <laughs> you, you should extend that one. Add some crickets. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I'm I'm good, Jake. I'm good. Let's roll on. Yeah, let's <laughs> roll on. Lost 10 seconds now. Yeah. All right. So we're here with uh, episode number 13. Um, and we'll crack in as always without looking back at famous number 13s okay. for the cats. Johnny, Sam, do you know who the uh, number 13 of our time was? I did think of to look up uh, players of who have worn the number 13 and I completely forgot. So Aha. I have failed as a cat supporter and I can't. I don't I don't think I've got a guess, but I bet I it's can't. one of those ones that once you say it, I'll be like, damn it. It'll be Just, like Paul Chapman. It'll be like a Josh Hunt. It'll be one of those players. That's for for, for shits and that giggles. Number 13. For shits and My mind giggles, went Kelly. Kelly? That was where my mind went, yeah. All right. Maybe um, oh, Stokes, maybe. I feel like he had a three in his number somewhere. 
All right. Probably well, completely wrong. All right. Sure so I am. The number 13 for the Cats while we were watching played 209 games, um, 2005 to 2006, missed the 2007 season, and then played 2008 to 2017. He missed out on the 07 and 09 premiership sides, but played a crucial role in the 2011 flag, holding Travis Cloak goalless in the second half. Any guesses? Not Harry Taylor because he's number seven. Mm-hmm. Missed the two thousand seven and two thousand eight. Two thousand yeah. He only pl- he played in the he only won one flag with the Cats because he he didn't get selected for 07 and he didn't get selected for 09. But he was selected when we lost to the Hawks in 08, and then he played in twenty eleven. God, we're 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 failing as um, yeah, I have no cat idea. supporters, aren't we, Sam? No, I have no idea. <laughs> this is one of the few ones that I actually really frustrating, isn't it? it guessed, is. guessed correctly. To be fair, before I... I looked it up. What? One of the few, this is one of the few ones that I guessed correctly before I googled oh. it. Well, I would expect you to know. I don't look at their names. I don't look, <laughs> I don't look at their numbers. I just watch oh, the game. Would be someone that as soon as I say, like, oh, of course, how could we not know that? All right, it was Tom Lonergan for the Cats. Oh, oh Jesus. God. I knew it would be one of those those guys. Fuck. Tommy Lonergan. Tom Lonergan, of course. Yeah. Bravely the, played. The on. kidney man. Yeah, the kidney man. Well, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's the nickname he's known by all his closest friends. <laughs> ah, the kidney man. Yeah, absolutely. How could we forget him? He was Tom Lonergan. He's one the of kidney those, bean. Uh, <laughs> The uh the star uh, the solace of the cats the uh oh. absolute legend of Geelong like oh I feel ashamed. One of my favourite memories of uh, Tommy Lonergan was him kicking seven goals in the VFL Grand Final um, the week before the Cats won the AFL Premiership in two thousand and seven. Can't remember who they played. Mm. Might have been Port Melbourne, but they absolutely tore them a new one. And Tommy Lonergan bagged seven goals playing up forward that day. So that's oh, just a, a, a precursor to the 2007 grand final. Mm. Now you said yeah. he wasn't selected in 2007, 2008. That's mm. what, did he get dropped or is this because of his injury? No, I think so. So he played 05, 06, 07. He was, I could be wrong, but I feel like it was 06 where he got the injury. And I think he was playing himself back in, to the AFL through the VFL in 2007. So he, he, he didn't get selected. Okay. Then 2008, he played in the grand final and they lost, but then missed selection in 2009 for the grand final, then then was selected and finally won one in 2011. Um, only retired in 2017. So um, I'll uh, whip through and give you a few more uh, number 13's Bert Rankin, 132 games uh, from 1912 to 1915 and 1917 to 23. According to Wikipedia, uh, Bert Rankin is credited as suggesting Geelong adopt the Cats nickname. Um, you've also got Arthur Coughlin, 145 games from 1922 to 1925 and 1927 to 1932. And you'll notice... 
he missed the 1926 season and that was because he was suspended for the remainder of 1925 and all of the 1926 season for escalating an all-in brawl against North Melbourne that also left North's uh, Fred Rutley suspended for life for starting the thing. Um, you've also got Clive Coles, 109 games from 1930 to 31 um, and 1933-38. to 38, He kicked four goals in a grand final win over Collingwood. Paul Sarah. 128 games and 204 goals from 72 to 80. Glenn Kilpatrick, 120 games from 96 to 2002. And then obviously you've got Tommy Lonigan. I think Lockie Fogarty wore the number two while we've been watching. Um, but then in the Geelong women's team, it's Olivia Fuller, who currently wears the number 13 for the Cats in the VFLW. Um, and those Cats are currently humming at the minute at five and two after seven weeks of the season. But there you go. That is our, um, our little opener there for the number 13. Today's episode brought to you by the number 13. And with that, let's crack in to the game from this week. The Cats v North Melbourne. Geelong started slowly and the Kangaroos looked sharp as they nailed the first two goals of the game through Aaron Hall and Taron Thomas while the Cats struggled to find their feet. Brad Close pegged one back for the Catters before Nick Larkey extended the lead for North to 10 points at the first change. Geelong's defence closed in on the Kangaroos in the second quarter. Tom Stewart, as usual, starring um, on both the field and in Jake's dreams. And the Cats began finding a flow moving the ball forward, but there was no clinical precision moving the ball inside the forward 50 as the Cats came away with eight scoring shots in the second quarter for two goals, six. Uh, so they took the lead, the Cats, 3-9-27 to 3-3-21 at the half. The Cats kicked three of the first four goals of the second half, two through the ever-reliable Sam Menegola, and took a 7-12-54 to 5-4-34 lead at the final change. Geelong again kicked three of the first four goals of the final term to push the lead out further and comfortably held on as the Roos tried to get back into the game. Now, Geelong ultimately dominated the contest um, on the scoreboard in terms of total scoring shots with 27 scoring shots to 12, but just couldn't find enough majors to blow away this North team. The Cats ultimately running out 10-17-77 to 7-5-47 victors. Boys, this was a game that to me had a twilight feel to it, as in twilight like the anesthetic that you get when you're having surgery. Um, sleepy and sloppy kind of vibe. Um, Felt more like a preseason game to me than an AFL Premiership contest, but the Cats get the points. Uh, who wants first crack at this one? I went first last time. John, you can oh, go first. Oh, I'll go first. <laughs> All um, right, John. Off you go, well, Johnny. I think the perfect way to summarise this this uh, win would be um, absolutely missed opportunities. I still remember the wife walking into the lounge room after the game. I was playing games on the Xbox. Humble brag. And she's like, oh, did the Cats lose? I said, no, no, we won. So oh, why do you look so disappointed? It's like, oh, because we didn't win that well. And, she, and it was like, well, that's odd. 
she just say that? And it's like, you know, and it made me think, it was like, it's an odd feeling to be as a supporter, to be disappointed in a, in a win. You think having a win, yeah, that's good. You, you should be happy with it. But the way the, the cats went about it was pretty disappointing to have that many inside 50s for that few shots and then to have 17 behinds and 10 goals is also just, it's, it's just one of those ones where there's just so many missed opportunities. Like I think we should have had at least 16 goals to maybe seven behinds, 17 goals to seven behinds. There was so many goals, so many set shots, so many opportunities of goals that they just missed that any other week they would have got. So it was just, it was, it was odd. It was strange. And I watched the second half and a lot of the injuries inside 50 was just, just terrible. It was like, there was not much direction to it. It was always just bombing it, hoping Hawkins would take the mark, overpower his opposition. And the fact was that the young North Melbourne defender really held his own against Hawkins made him earn every single mark, every single disposal. And the cats just weren't able to react to that. So kudos to, um, I think it was Ben McKay, for the way he played on Hawkins. He That's the one. played him pretty much how any other, any other defender should play him. And that's sort of like the benchmark that any defender should take to Hawkins, just get in front, really make him work. Because well, Hawkins got one goal and a few behinds for the night. Um, and the Cats, yeah, they just, and it was just weird. It was a weird night, especially at home. You'd think we should play our best games at Cadenia Park. And it was just, I was thinking it was, it's tough to pick your top three because there wasn't many that really stood up on the night. And it was just a sloppy, a sloppy arm wrestle. A sloppy arm wrestle again. Arm wrestle. <laughs> um, Where's that North- sound drop? <laughs> See, my, my concern about making the sound drop is anything that I make is going to sound drastically pornographic. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, but, I don't um, see you do. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Um, I think it's one of those games that, Many cat supporters were a bit nervous coming into, you know, we're, every time there's a team that's struggling and they're coming against the cats, they always just seem to find that extra gear and North Melbourne found that extra gear to really push us on the whole, the whole game. We'd, every time it looked like we were going to get away, they just got an easy goal back against us. And there's, there was a few worrying signs for the cats, mainly the inside fifties and conversion rate, I think that's a big thing that they need to look at, set shots they need to look into. Obviously, we had a debutante for the Cats this week, another one this season, uh, Sam DeConing, the king. Uh, what did you think of his uh, performance on debut? Uh, I, I felt like he performed fairly well. It was, um, it was a good game for him to debut in and hopefully he can really start stepping up a bit a bit more once he gets a few more games under his belt and then Cameron comes in 
I, th- I feel like him and Cameron can really take a lot of weight off Hawkins because I still feel Hawkins is bearing a lot of the um, the attack's weight um, and that a lot of the midfield is looking to Hawkins to be that big man to take the mark every time they're going forward and that's why they're bombing in those big high balls into a forward 50 and hoping for Hawkins when so many occasions on the weekend they, they had the easy options of Rowan, Thalhaus, um, who else is in there? Um, basically anyone else in the forward line. That's an easy option. And I just went for Hawkins, that long bomb looking for the big strong guy. And I feel like once the Koning the, the can build his strength and get his game going really well and Cameron, well, Cameron doesn't need to do much more to really Mm-hmm. You know, just get on the field. Yeah, he, he doesn't need to prove his what he's worth in the attack. He's already done that with the Giants, so he just needs to get on the field and really help out Hawkins. And I feel like that could solve a few of our problems. And the knowing he will also solve be that next step for our attack once Hawkins does hang up the boots. He'll be able to step into his into that role and really be another good forward attack for the Cats. So yeah, I feel like it was a good game for him and it's all up up upside for Denoin and he's got um Cameron, another common memberless to work off, Gary Rowan to work off and a lot of other forwards. So I feel like once he gets one, two, three, four, or how many however many season he needs. He will be a good um, asset for the cats, and you, you can see what they like about him. I think, like, yeah, if you, you, you look at the way he yeah. jumps at the footy. He, you know, his raw height and all those sorts of things, and then that that pass that he hit Hawkins with early in the game um, was just beautiful stuff. Like uh, a real chiseling ball across the fifty. Um, Reminds me of you, um, Barber. Olivia Barber yes. for AFLW. Like, yeah. She's, she's in that similar spot as Denoin. It was um, still trying to find her feet in the team. Mm. They're nearly there. Like, she's obviously got a few more games under her belt, but obviously she's in the AFLW, which is, um, which is still growing as a league. And as a team, they're still trying to find their own style as a team outside of the AFLM and so I feel like there's similar spot <laughs> whereas um I feel like they're they're, they're I feel like they're two future stars for the cats where they can really just start dominating that forward line for the yeah absolutely to the cats for the AFLM AFLW so I feel like it's it's all, all upside for the cats Absolutely. I, I think there are definite, definite similarities between um, De Koning and Liv Barber, the way they jump at the footy and attack it um, in the air. Sambo, interested to get your thoughts on the game in general, but just some uh, some numbers as well to, to mull over. Uh, Geelong smashed the ruse in the majority of statistics, 441 disposals to 321. Um Disposal efficiency was, was you know, the Cats way by about 5%. Um, 
marks efficiency inside 50 was up to above 50 percent again this week which is something that's been down and we thought that gary rowan might impact that they won contested possession marks inside 50. um one thing though they had 64 inside 50s to 43 to only generate 10 goals from 64 inside 50s um not the greatest showing would be interested in your thoughts on the game as a whole but also perhaps the midfield and and the the I guess the process going inside the 50 and whether you had any takeaways about yeah, the service that the Fords got. Um, well, it's, I mean, the, it's great that we, you know, we smashed them in the stats in a lot of ways, but I mean, we should have, right? Like we, mm. that was the game where we should have done that. And at the end of the day, I'm more interested in the way the game felt, the way the team looked, um, we walked away with the win, obviously. Um, but as John said, it didn't feel like it. Leading up to recording the podcast, I was really thinking about, uh, it's tough to analyse, like, a disappointing game. And you kind of had to go, wait, we won. Like, it was just, mm. it was, it was it was a bizarre game and it didn't feel like a win. I think if we had to play that way against a number of other teams, we yeah, we would be lucky to have walked away without getting absolutely pantsed out on the field. I think um, the players looked, not all of them, but uh, uh, largely the players looked sort of dejected from the get-go. Like we were down from the, I don't know, like we were, we were like we were underdogs and like we didn't want to be there. We looked tired. We looked gassed. Like it was just, it was just a really odd vibe that game. Um, and I think we were very lucky to get away with the win. Um, regardless, regardless, I think the the dispose like the the service from the midfield to the to the forwards. I don't have a lot of strong feelings about. Um, I feel like you guys might have more to say. I feel like it's a little bit inconsistent. Sometimes it doesn't seem that well thought out. Um, but I think the larger issue, and I know you've spoken about this, Jake, is the keeping it in there once we get it into the forward 50 it seems to be the big problem. That So you get it in and you don't take the mark and it bounces around and, and you know, the, the defence gets it and, you know, has a crack at clearing it. That's fine. That happens. But we seem to have no ability, virtually zero ability, to then trap it in there and have another go. I think one of the reasons our inside 50s are so inefficient on the statistics is because we get it in there, but it only stays in there for about three seconds. Mm. You know, an inside 50 should and could be a couple of minutes if you're playing it right and you're putting the right kind of pressure on. Um, I think John largely covered everything else in general. Um, it was a really bizarre game. I don't want to be a pessimist, but it just, you just don't know. You, you can't know what's going on behind the scenes, inside the players' heads, amongst the, t- the group. But it just seemed like they didn't really want to be there. As we sort of said, too, like you and I spoke about this, like there was one shot particularly that stuck out to me of Zach Tui. Um, he looked like he'd seen a dead man. Was like, this in the, in the, in the rooms? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All afternoon, almost, I thought there was okay, something yeah. strange about the way. Like, but not, there was a not specific. Just, I think. I think it was the halftime break. They were all sitting in their circle, and yeah. they all looked like looked like it was the end of the day, and they had lost. 
Yes. Like they were le- leaning back in their chairs. No one was continuing to stay warm. No one jumped on the bikes or anything. They were leaning back in their chairs. They had drink bottles in their hands. A couple of them had packs of ice and they just looked like they were, yeah, just done, absolutely done for the Arvo. battered. Yeah. And and Cam Guthrie, there was a, there was a moment. I think it was either that. I think it was the third quarter. Siren the went. Third. It was it, the third. Yeah. Yeah, you know the shot where he, he sort of sunk mm. down onto his haunches, and it looked like you know at the end where you've just been knocked out of the finals or something. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, you know, there's a lot of ways I think you can cut this game up to go. Well, look, 27 scoring shots. If we went 17-10 instead of 10 goals, 17, we would have beaten them by about 70 points. But the reality is that wouldn't have told the story. I think this this the scoreline 10-17 to 7-5 was really reflective of the way the game was. It felt to me like uh, an inter-club scrimmage maybe or a pre-season game. Um, it was very strange atmospherically. It, it felt quite it dead. It certainly didn't, certainly didn't feel like those outs that we had back in made a great deal of impact to the game but even the impact you would think it would have on the mentality you would think those guys coming back in would boost and lift and you'd you'd go danger's back Roland's back um but it just didn't yeah it didn't seem to do that at all so yeah it was it was a it was a sleepy sleepy performance um and we're just lucky that it wasn't against a team that's in more in form and yeah absolutely what did you yes. think of the the movement too of the, the cats? Like we've obviously been a very kick heavy team, but it was interesting this week. Um, cats obviously had four hundred and forty one disposals, but two hundred and twelve of them uh, were by hand, and that's up from one hundred and sixty four on average. So they've added about plus fifty to the handballs this week, and I thought that seemed to be more of a focus, even mm. if it was done sloppily, that they did attack with hands a little bit more there was some there was some good passages there was yeah um and and to be fair as much as we've talked about their mentality um there was some periods of play and some specific players that did put in more effort than they had in the last weeks more chase and a bit more go for the ball um it's still not what what i would call enough and it's definitely not what as much effort and runners I think they're capable of but it was occasionally there was some some a bit more a little bit more effort <laughs> Sam's yeah, Sam's Sam's bringing a real Chris Scott post-match vibe to this whole podcast definitely it's me it's me trying not to just be a disgruntled fan yeah I did I didn't <laughs> I, uh, I did enjoy the more attacking form of the cats like we just see a bit more attacking, a bit more open to the idea of we need to move the ball fast, get into where into a good attacking position. But so many times that an easy pass was made, the person receiving that pass just fumbled it for no for no reason. There were so many unnecessary fumbles where they had no player pressuring them from the opposition and they just fumbled it where it allowed time for the opposition player to really put on that pressure. And um, I was listening to Beers with Ben, his yes. review and... Plug. <laughs> yeah, plug. Give him a plug. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just it's him and Mel, so it was just 
a lot of basic skill errors in the cats this week. It was just those errors that you expect young players like um, Pignonian to make and Parfit possibly to make those other inex- those players that haven't played as long. But it was like um, Smith, Selwood, Dangerfield, um, Stewart even, Tui, Henderson, mm. all those experienced players were making so many basic skill errors that just let the kangaroos get into the game. It was yeah, really it was an odd, odd thing to watch like these plays where it was a 15 minute pass and it would ball the path, the kick would barely get the 15 meters mm. and then <laughs> they'll just drop it. They'll they get it and it'll just fall out of the out of their hands for no reason. And it was just it's like what the hell was was it wet? Was it windy? Was it was there like dew on the ball? Was there something going on? And the way the North Melbourne players were handling it, obviously there was no wind. There was there wasn't much moisture on the ball, so it was just I don't know. It was just a frustrating game to watch because there's so many of those just basic skill errors happening that you just go, well, what was going on out there that that day where they're just off the pace where they're just expecting an easy win and North Melbourne came out and really gave it to us and we weren't expecting that and we just couldn't get into gear to really dominate them mm. I feel like yeah it was and, frustrating and, to watch yeah absolutely and, and and I think it's one of those things like um you know, I, I try and keep a positive mind frame at least afterwards. Like, obviously, I get frustrated watching the games. Yeah, but you know, afterwards, you know, you can kind of chop it up and go, okay, we've played pretty shit ass football for them. You know, definitely the last few weeks, but even across the first five, you wouldn't say we. You would say being three and two is a best case scenario given how we've played. We deserve yeah, to get absolutely. smashed by Adelaide. We got smashed by Adelaide. You know, we, we won a couple of close ones. We lost to Melbourne, probably deserved to lose to Melbourne. Um, so, you know, we're, we're probably about where we should be given how we've played. And, and it's probably best case scenario given how we've played that we've come away with a three, three and two record. Um, but, you know, it's a long <laughs> season. So I'm interested to look back. One, you know, at the end of 22 games, I'm fascinated to look back and see how these first five weeks stack up to what comes after. Um, yeah. But I think we're right to analyze and look at the weaknesses. You know, I think another one this week that we saw, I'm a massive Reese Stanley fan, and I know some people have absolutely shredded him this season, whereas I feel like it's been one of his more impactful stars to the season. But this is the second week running uh, where Geelong was dominated in the hitouts. They lost the hitouts 45 to 15 um, to the Kangaroos. Um, and obviously, that's not going to make much of a difference in the clearances uh, against the Kangaroos because the Cats smashed them in the clearances. But we're not playing the Kangaroos midfield every week. I think last week with Max Gorn dominating and then guys like Petrarca, Clayton Oliver getting their hands on the footy. You know, we are going to play better midfields. I think this week against the Eagles, we're playing a better midfield with one of the best rucks in the competition. So I don't know how you do this. The best ruck. 
Well, yeah, and and and, and this is a spot that we've lacked for a, for a mm. while. The cats, you know, since Brad Ottens, I think you made this point a few weeks ago. Since since Brad Ottens left, Geelong hasn't ever really found you know, a specialist ruckman to do this job. You know, there's been different guys rotate through. Um, Blixarves has had some time in the ruck at times. Stanley. Um, there's been a lot of West. experiments. Yeah, there's been some experiments and I don't think we've ever really um, found the option. So that that part does definitely concern me um, because you have such a talented midfield and obviously the midfield is good enough against teams like the Kangaroos to, to win the clearance battle, even though you're getting smashed in the hitouts. But once you play a midfield that is of even skill, um, you know, an advantage in the ruck or a disadvantage in the ruck can, can cause you massive headaches. Um, also, I remember watching um, Nat Nui a couple of weeks ago and just watching him in the ruck was, was just all inspiring to what he was able to do in the ruck where he would just be able to tap it out perfectly to his midfield. And it wasn't a matter of, you know, it was a bit off where his mm. midfield would get the advantage. It was straight to where they needed that ball, where they could run, pick it up perfectly, run a few metres and kick it into the forward 50. Um, obviously, Nat is, in my books, the best ruckman in the AFL at the moment. There's no one anywhere near his level of rock. Mm. So I think with, I think any team would struggle against Nan Nui. And but that's something we're going to have to focus on this week is not to worry about Nat Nui, is to worry about what his midfield around him will do and try and intercept his movement. Because I don't think, even if we did have a good um, up there ruckman, I don't think there'll be anyone that can beat Nat Nui at the moment. He's just too strong, too too good for anyone, even Max Gorn, Grundy. Yeah, but this is this is something that that we have to address, I think, because you yeah. look at teams like Richmond, who have had you know Nankervis and others. You look at teams like West Coast. You look at teams like the Bulldogs, who have you know decent ruckman. You look at the Eagles. You know, all these top teams that are consistently up there, um, you know, when it comes time for finals, I think this is an area where Geelong needs to to level the playing field. And like I said, I like Reece Stanley. I just think, you know, we were smashed in the in the hitouts. And, and I think that, I think last week is the example of what happens when you get smashed in the hitouts and you're playing a midfield as good as yours. Yeah. You know. I think the Ruckman can be the the difference maker when it's a battle of two even midfielders. Um, it didn't matter as much this week. All right, lads, uh, let's get into the votes. Um, I think that's an important uh, an important part of the podcast is the votes, <laughs> the player votes. Um, I'll crack in first. Um, this was a tough one. Particularly my one vote was really tough. Um, but I think I know which way I'm going to go because I am partial to the player. So I'm going to do it. Um, my one vote is going to go to Sam Menegola. Uh, now, obviously he kicked a couple of goals, but that's not the only thing I liked about his day. You know, he had 28, I think, disposals. 
Um, I just like the fact that he's a bit of a hard nut. He'll go and win his own footy. Um, it was for me. This was between Menegola and um, what, what's his name, Mitch Duncan, for the one vote. But I, I'm going to give it to Menegola. I feel like he's he's clutch. Menegola. He comes up with a goal or two. Um, you know when given the opportunity. I think that's a really good skill to have. He did the same thing in the grand final last year as well. So one vote to Menegola. I am going to give two votes to Brandon Parfit. I think um, Parfit played one of the best games uh, potentially of his career, Parfit. Um, so I think he was deserving of a couple of votes here. And then finally, I'm going to, I think for the second week running, I'm going to give Tom Stewart my best on ground. He had a career high 30 disposals. Um, yeah, career high 30 disposals, 86.7% disposal efficiency, uh, gained 573 meters on the day, which is the second most for the Cats. And he's pretty much in the top two or three for the Cats every week for that. So he's a game-high 11 marks and a game-high 14 intercept possessions. I think he's a massive difference maker for the Cats, um, not only in terms of stopping attacks for the other team, but propelling the Cats forward. So I'm giving Tommy Stewart my best on ground with three votes this week. What about you, gents? Well, I'll say there's no surprise there that Tommy Stewart got your top top spot again hey if he you keeps do mind playing if I well go next i don't yes. mind do no. you go next sam <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go next just because it's gonna be really quick because i want to see if you guys can read this oh it's gonna be back to front <laughs> that's not perfect so you you have gone my ex- one is menegola my two is parfait and my three is stewart i feel like i don't really need to add to that because you just <laughs> <laughs> well there you go uh, on to on, on to you johnny <laughs> Oh, um, my one vote is um, Menegola. Mm-hmm. That's for <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> two votes. It was a toss up between a few players, but I, I think Stewart definitely deserves the two votes. Mm-hmm. Okay, easily definitely could have got the three, but um, I feel like this, this guy, he got your. Number two votes for both of you guys, and I <gasps> felt like he played. <laughs> he just seemed to be really, very desperate every time, and he was. He's one player. I'm very excited to see this get better and better every single week. I wanted to get better every single week, and I think he's going to be one of our star midfielders, and it's Mr. Parfit. Mm. Nice. I just oh, was... feel like he's just going to do something special with the Cats one day, and yeah. It was a tough choice, but yeah, I think Parfit for me just gets that, just gets that nod. That's is that a, that's got to be a, a pod first with, with all three of us giving votes to the same three people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it was one of those like, ones where I was like, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> tough. Jake, Jake, Jake took a big bong hit. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna really have to step, step in and 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 and, and have, a, have a talk to Jake about his 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 on air. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna get a few um harsh words from Mej afterwards. Uh, not at all. Not at all. Um 
Oh my god. That was one of those awful things. I just had this dr- awful dry cough all of a sudden. Oh. What happens when you take You're going to say you had this awful dream where I didn't give Stuart the three votes. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. I I feel bad for um I feel bad for Mitch Duncan because he was really close for me. Um and I don't even know if he's had a vote yet this season in our count. Um I love the way he goes about it, but it's it's hard. Like because you know, it was just it was just that consistency for me. Duncan was in my list, but when it's being, you know, it's essentially best and fairest on ground, like mm. Duncan was putting in a lot of effort, but he just he did make a few of those sort of basic area errors that we we're talking about. Not a lot and not consistently, mm. but just just enough that I yeah, I just didn't think he was quite at the level of those three that we ended up. I just say half it was he just came back to that team and really gave us that what the midfield was missing last week mm. against Melbourne, where he's just he's young, he's a bit fresh. Pardon me, he's um he's younger, fresher. He's still learning. Mm. Like he's got so many experienced midfielders to learn from. Like, and he's yeah, I feel like he's really lapping that up and He's really stepping up into a new role. So go Parfit. <laughs> Bring on Parfit. Sam's, Sam's waging. I'm multitasking. Sort of... I'm, oh, I'm okay. Mo- all right. All right. It's um, only no, multitasking with only one. Sorry, John. I was I was not paying my full and undivided to you. That's all right. Uh, no, it was all right. It was I, I wasn't talking about Stuart, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do Seriously. tune out no, the conversation. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not the only one on this podcast. To think that, like, he he have to be near the top of your man love rankings, surely, Tommy Stewart. Oh, he's and, and he's way up there. Cat side, yes, he's up yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, he'd have to be. He'd have to be. He I mean, I mean Isaac Isaac Smith would be up there as well. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. But Stewie Stewie was recommended by um Scarlo, so whatever Scarlo says is good. You got to try that. That's right. <laughs> John's talking about it like it's a bloody steak. Like we're going to a restaurant and all Scarlo's. Scarlo said that black hole over there is um, a fantastic spot to live. I would fucking jump in that black hole without a second thought. If if Scarlo said jump off that bridge, I'd do it. And I would know it was in some way going to prevent the opposition from getting goals because that's just, that's just what it is. Excellent. All right. Well, to update you on the uh, the, the the list, the M- MVP list, jo- John's committed to going and living in a in a black hole on Matthew Scarlett's recommendation. Um, so we've got that straight away. Um, <laughs> Sam right. said he'll jump up a bridge for Scarlett. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> what about you, Mesh? What will you do well, for Scarlett? Well, if that happen, if that happens, I'll have Tom Stewart all to myself, so he's can fuck off. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, all right. Uh, so we. Well, have... that's Scarlet. You haven't. Yeah. <laughs> What's your commitment to Scarlet? <laughs> My yeah, commitment to Scarlet is that if Matthew Scarlet said, "Drink this," I promise it's not poison. I would drink it unquestioningly, even if he looked suspicious. <laughs> um, all right. Scarlet looking <laughs> suspicious. Get fucked. <laughs> So the uh, the top five. This show is really all over the shop at the minute, uh, <laughs> and hey, I wonder why. Um, yeah, what my shitty internet? You haven't fully um, committed to the 
savior that is scarlet all right so what's the what's the prerequisite here i've got to do something all right no look if maddie scarlet said um you you need to cut off your leg so that i can take it because i need a a leg replacement so i can get out of it i would give him my leg tommy stewart needs a leg (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly tommy stewart needs a leg transplant yeah I don't yeah, recommend one, one of mine. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. But you'd do it nonetheless. Yeah, I would, even if they wanted my wrong side of 30 leg. So Tommy Stewart leads the clubhouse after five weeks with 16 votes, uh, followed by Cam Guthrie, Joel Selwood, and Brandon Parfit all locked on 12. And then Mark O'Connor with 11. So that's where we're at at the moment after five weeks of play shall we do the halftime yes let's do it get that horse noise in our ears <laughs> we get your cordials and your lollies are a spray from the coach lolly absolutely you get your cordial your lollies are a spray from the coach. That's what Lollies. half-time's That's about. Absolutely. Really sprays. That's what half-time's yeah. about. Yes, indeed, it is what half-time's about. Um, and uh, some news straight off the top, gents. I think it's important to uh, to crack into a bit of news. And this is, well, it's not breaking news, especially if you're listening to it as a recorded podcast. You'll already probably know. But um, we have some news regarding... That's right. Uh, Geelong Cats, captain of the AFLW side, Meg Megatron McDonald, has been selected to the AFLW All Australian team for the second oh, time. Oh, yes. So, Meg. Go, girl. <laughs> John, uh, yes, Queen is selected into the uh, the AFLW All Australian team. A deserving and fitting honour for Megatron, who is just an absolute no. dead set fucking legend. Where, where? No, t- please tell me where did she get? It wasn't was it the bench or was it on the field? No, no, no. It was on the field. She was selected. Oh yes. <laughs> I believe as one of the key backs. Um, so a, a very I don't think you, I think I think you, you meant to say the key back. The yeah, she was the, she was selected as the defense. <laughs> master, the master key back. That's if you had right. a defense of Megatron and Scarlet, I don't think you'd lose any game. No. Steel curtain. Steel game curtain. Over. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, nothing's going through that. The old Perspex Palace in front of the goal. <laughs> That's all we call that one. We just can't kick anything through it. Um, all right. So the Mega that, Scarlet. That's, <laughs> that's a terrifying thought. The Mega Scarlet. Um, I like it. Maybe he, maybe she's the Megatron and he's the Maddytron. Um, <laughs> Maddytron's <laughs> just not quite as good as Megatron. Um, no. All right. Just once more with feeling. That's right. I, I still like how we have found a way to 
had that sound drop gonna in say, every episode we, we so announced far. We were like the last time, last time for the season. And then I think we have used it every episode since at least once. <laughs> that'll, be the po- that'll be the poignant end to the Chaps Chat Cats. The final episode we ever do will be. And once more with the Megatron sound drop. And we'll just leave it silent and the show ends. Yeah. The last thing ever. And everyone will weep. Um, so also I'm, speak- I'm already weeping yeah, sorry, thinking of that. Yeah. Well, as you should be. Um, I mean, that's will be in our 80s by the time we wrap this baby up. You know, thousands of episodes. 80s. Um, I think, wasn't it in the 90s? It was something like that. We worked out how, yeah, mm. how old we'd have to be to get through this, uh, you know, two or three thousand episodes. Yeah, whatever it was. Um, also, <laughs> some other selection news, and um, this is, you know, let, let's credit ourselves here and the uh, the power of the listener. Becky Webster has been elected to the AFLW 22 under 22 team. Massive congrats to Becky on a great year, an honor well and truly deserved. She was the second highest disposal winner for the Cats in 2021 with 136 for the season and gained the most meters of any Cats player with 2,172 meters gained on the season. Also managed to grab a third highest 13 score involvements for the Catters and a couple of goals herself. So Becky Webster smashes it in 2021 and makes it into the AFLW 22 under 22 team. Go um, girl. Exactly. Um, the other girls who were nominated for the Catters didn't make it in, but hopefully they will take it as fuel and tear up 2022 season so big congrats to becky webster um well deserved absolutely well deserved um so so uh, vfl i'm just going to keep ripping through the news okay um so make sure you get your half-time oranges and stuff um vfl coach yeah go get a smoke from that coach um, after a gripping two-point victory over the Casey Demons last week, the VFLW Cats headed home this weekend to take on North Melbourne at Queen's Park on Sunday. The Catters blew the margin out early, taking a 29-6 to lead at the main break before North Melbourne rallied to put some respectability on the score in the second half, eventually going down 7-6-48 to 5-2-32. The Cats coming away with another victory, to move to five and two. Laura Gardner led the way for Geelong with 27 disposals and 11 tackles, while Paige Shepard and Sophie Vanderhoevel had 23 and 22 disposals, respectively. And Tamara Smith, Tamara fucking Smith, as we like to Did she get her 18 tackles? She didn't get her 18. She got eight tackles to go with her 14 disposals. So oh. still... Second highest tackles on the team for the day behind Laura Gardner. So another solid outing for Tamara Smith. We've got to nail down that sound drop too. Um, we've got to nail down. And I was thinking, I've got some ideas around it. I think there were some great quotes from Tamara Smith that we could we could blend in with the, oh, uh, definitely. the sound drop. Another eight tackles. Uh, but surely solid. she's got to be leading a... the uh, tackles count for the whole 
VFLW league. I, I would hazard a guess that you would be. Um, 17, don't know if you heard me. John, no, seventeen. Seventeen. Sixteen a week later, and then something else yeah. in the teens, and then just a just a lazy thirty-three tackles in two weeks. Um, and you know who else we can talk about? She needs to pick up her game if she's only got thirty-two tackles in three in a couple <laughs> in of weeks. weeks. Like Jesus yeah, Christ! Like <laughs> um, also, someone who we can talk about, Yeah girl. Uh, Olivia Barber nailed three majors on the day um, and also getting amongst the goals was Captain Claudia Gunjaka, who provided two goals of her own to go with 12 disposals, three marks and five tackles. So the cats are flying in the VFLW. Absolutely purring. And John, go get a job writing for the Herald Sun. Cats purring. Uh, (laughs) Um, well, I, I think any one of us could. The the question really this week would be, you know, if you, you know, as a headline writer after this kangaroos game, you're like, fuck, how are we going to work this into like cat puns and stuff? And it's like, what is it like, you know, tranquilized feral cat slowly strangles roadkill or something like, like what, <laughs> yeah. how would you have described this game? Yeah. Half <laughs> well, run over cat attempts to crawl off road after being run over by a car kangaroo comes along trips on the cat and gets hit by a bigger larger car (laughs) and then it's like all right guys how do we boil this down into an eight word uh, headline um (laughs) the one i the one i saw which was probably the best one they probably received from any writer was just cats get to win over North, but not purring yet. Oh, <laughs> even when they're not purring, they may still work. To those headlines. Attack up furball of a victory. <laughs> <laughs> Always said you had a gift for headlines, Sam. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, so the Cats in the VFLW will now travel to take on the Darabin Falcons this Saturday at 12pm at Bill Laurie Oval up in Melbourne, looking to move to 6-2 and two on the season and further solidify their position in the top third of the ladder. And while we're on okay. the VFL, let's talk about the VFL-M. Just a brief one. Um, the men's VFL team got their season started with a dominant display also against North Melbourne. So we absolutely bloody strangled the life out of the North Melbourne Football Club this weekend. Um, the VFL M team winning 123-44 to 44 down at Cadinia oh. Park. Geelong led by 64 points at the half. Uh, up forward, it was Josh Jenkins nailing four goals with support from Asava Radigalia, who also uh, produced a good day in the ruck. Max Holmes, Oscar Brownless, both stood out for the Cats in the win, and they will now take on the under-18 AFL Academy squad during their week two bye. And to me, that's a bit shit out. You start your season week one, then you've got to buy the second week. Um, not my ideal start to a season. That's a bye week two. Pretty uh, shitty way to start your season, isn't it? Imagine if you lost and you go into a bye. It's like the fuck. <laughs> 
succinct, succinct analysis there from Johnny Larkin. Oh, love it. Um, all right. So now we get to the, um, but, but good to see Asava Radigalia. Um, oh, the rat. Done it. And, and Josh Jenkins um, too. I feel, like, bag as well. I feel like the cats, the cats are missing the big old rat in the team. We need. Yes. I feel ratter. like he's someone that can really bring a bit more energy into the team. I always enjoyed watching him play. He brings that little bit of extra energy. A little bit of pop. Bit of, a bit of pop into the team. Um, I did hear that hopefully he may may be in this week. This week. Um, I, but probably I, I doubt if he'll be in. But it's, at least he's in that conversation that he is a possible lead to come back into the cat side, and Definitely. I think I think I think he'll be. Uh, I think the cat team will be better with him in it. Well, I think that's uh, not a bad assertion, really. I think he's another one who can like they've got a bunch of young forwards who uh, you know can really jump up, grab the footy out of <laughs> the air. For Radagalier, I think he would have played a bunch of games by now if not for health the body hasn't held up well. absolutely um so well, lads, we saw him in 20 2020 he took some absolute screamers oh yeah um hangers mate hangers hangers great stuff in the ruck and he was good around the ground and um yeah he's he's still a young player so there's still plenty of time for him to improve so, <laughs> sorry oh uh, What's nothing. going on? All good. All good. Um, what did I say that made you laugh? I just read something hilarious. Yeah. Um, just a little message that I was sent that I think is bloody funny. And I'm not going to share it with the class. So there you go. Oh, um, shit. It really are like you, you, are you messaging it. while we're recording our podcast? I'm absolutely oh, not yeah. messaging. Someone was messaging me. Um, oh, Jesus, yeah. you have your well, phone on no, you while John, we're recording our podcast. John, John, I have to have my phone <laughs> on me because as, as you know, we're, we've, we're making contact um, shortly um, and I've been trying Daily to tee that. Yes, we are. Yes. Um, so I've got to have my phone on to make contact with our guest today on the show. Um, but first, we've got a mailbag. Got a mailbag. Uh, I will say that uh, myself and I do believe Sam appreciate all the hard, extra hard work and extra mile you do go for this pod. Um, it definitely doesn't go unnoticed. No, oh. And it's been it's been a great run, so we're we're sad to let you go. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there's been a corporate reshuffle, and it's just kind of want to keep you on anymore. But it's Look, been I a totally great great it. stuff. <laughs> totally, yeah. <get it. laughs> it's only. I'm, I'm going to take this as a launching platform. You know, take some forward momentum to my next post. <laughs> Um, yeah, probably yes. cleaning Brian Taylor's latrine. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, we've really gone off topic tonight, haven't we? Ah, look, I really appreciate the endorsement, guys. And, you know, while we're here, um, you know, uh, 
you know, singing sea shanties about each other. I appreciate both of your work on the podcast too. And, <laughs> you know, the skills, <laughs> yeah, that you the integrity um, <laughs> that you both come with, your, your footy credentials, obviously, <laughs> off the fucking charts. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But continue. What played zero? What some? I <laughs> <laughs> generally prefer soccer, but <laughs> that was my resume for this all out podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the one can... our shiny factor was you went for the cats. That's all we need. That's right. That's, that's <laughs> one prere- prerequisite. Yep. Yeah. It's like, oh, he hasn't played, but he's watched some, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, uh, could be worse. Could be, could be none. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Oh, boy. Oh, um, all right. This this one from the mailbag, Jeds. Um, this one comes... Shit, we're getting some oh. mailbag, aren't we, now? Yeah. The bag is stuffed. The bag Excellent. is stuffed. That's a full bag, Santa Claus. Well, can we change? I feel like mailbag is too... I think too many people have mailbags on their show. Can we okay. have mail sacks? <laughs> <laughs> can we just call it a sack? <laughs> each, each week we check the mail sack. All right. We just call I mean, it a sack? Yeah. Personally, I think that that's excellent medical advice for, um, yeah. for all the ma- Every mail Every week listeners. we check the mail sack. Check the... Check the sack for irregularities because it's a serious topic, and you know we all want to maintain the health. Um, all right, well, all right, let's um, let's group the sack and open it up. Um, so, in- <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> yeah, go on, go on, <laughs> go on. The in love the- of God, <laughs> go get on. on with it. Um, get right. on with it. <laughs> <laughs> In the mail sack this week, we've got a communique from a brook. Um, starts out, Oh, glorious and esteemed chatting chaps of cats, holders of all knowledge, keepers of Ruth, and sloppy wrestlers of the arm variety, I count myself as blessed to have my cyber communication reviewed by your holy eyes. Uh, with all that BS out of the way, um, greetings from the US. I have a question for your consideration. Last week, you were asked about the top 20 all-time greatest AFL players, and it sparked an intriguing counter-question. Who would be your 21st century AFL all-wanker team? Players that were beasts on the field and shitty people off of it. Thank you for your time, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Your friend from Oklahoma, David. Lovely to hear from David, who also does the music at the start of the show. Um, and and the end, the intro and outro music. So um, just an absolute musical machine here. I love this idea, boys, for a 21st century AFL all-wanker team. I don't know what you think. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I think it sounds like a great companion to our 20 greatest of all time. Uh, 20 hatest of all time. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice. I think it's a... I think I think that'll be a good. Maybe that's what AFL should do: the the twenty best <laughs> players versus the twenty wankerest players. Wankers yeah, they should do that every year as well. Yeah. Best and fairest, and then the biggest wanker. 
I think it would just I, be I a whole team of cane corns. That's right. I think, <laughs> <laughs> See, I think I think if we if we throw out a few here just early, just as a preliminary discussion, um, Hayden Ballantyne from the Fremantle Dockers. Um, um yeah. Now, to me, That's... I didn't want to dive into people who were like, say, criminals off the field. I'm thinking just guys that we just didn't like that seemed like wankers. I would uh, say, um, Jason Ackerman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who'd you uh, say, Sicily? Sicily? Oh, Sicily. From... Yeah, Sicily from the yeah. Hawks. Bit of a wanker. Uh, I think you'd have to chuck in Toby Green. Oh, definite all wanker. Um, see, I think we could pretty quickly form a team. Um, of all wankers, definitely. Absolutely, it's going to be cutting the down the team down. That's going to be the the issue, really. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's right. Selection. We might have to have like a couple I mean, of episodes. I think if you ask a cat supporter, they'll go any player from Hawthorne. Well, I think you know there's a there's a case to be answered. I think there's a case to be answered. I I, I reckon. Um, I think Ballantyne from Frio is a good one. I think uh, all the ones that you boys said, Ackermanis definitely in there um james sicily is a good um, call who was the maybe, guy sorry you go um jake stringer i felt like he could be oh jakey in there as well he's he's a bit of a wanker another one i think to jake king from the tigers the push-up king i think he was a bit of a wanker yeah. too, to be honest um france france Oh, Alex Rance is another. I'd, I'd go ahead and put. I'd go ahead and put Dusty in there if, if I had the full say of the team. To be honest, yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's all right. There's I still one thing that okay. really that got up my uh, nerves was when they tried <laughs> got, to got uh, up your what? Got up my got nerves. Up got up my nerves. <laughs> yeah. Up in my mail <laughs> bag. <laughs> my mail sack was when they tried to compare Dusty. Uh, not Dusty. Sorry, um, Alex Rance to. Our boy Scarlet. Oh my god! They're like, who's better, Scarlet or Rance? And I was like, well, what? Uh, the it's, f- yeah, that's all right. It's nothing personal. The rabble clamors behind yeah. it. It's just natural. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like you, you, you're trying to compare well, uh, a, a slug to an e uh, to a, a cat. Like, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> John, John just absolutely teeing off here. Um, Slaughtering. Yeah, crawling. The, the cat's uh, not even going to take notice of that little <laughs> slimy turd. So no. don't compare them. Um, all right. Well, uh, it'd be good to get how you really feel about Alex Rance. <laughs> well, when they try comparing so to... words, John. When they try comparing to one of the greatest defenders of the modern era, well, man, here's another I think one. All for cat you. supporters will agree. Here's one from Scarlet's the best. Lockie Neal. Ah, ah, yeah. I actually think the sad thing is we could probably put a pretty good team of wankers together. Really, yeah, we could. That'd be pretty effective. All right. Well, I think that's a bloody. No, I think no that's cats a, on there, of course. <laughs> no, none, none. To be <laughs> just absolute stand-up unit. Um, the catters. Um, actually, wrong. We could have a former cat. We could have a former cat on here. Yeah, which one? We could put Josh Caddy on there. Oh, as a potential. Do we even mention? Do we even mention Mr. Caddy? 
All right. Uh, so that's a good one. I like that, David. We'll definitely look into this. Um, I think we'll definitely build this out. I, I, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Um, now, thank you, David, and also thank you, David, for our our excellent music. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, outdone yourself. As always. Um, all right. So uh, let's do this one. <laughs> The cane corns, the wanker, the wanker, the cane corns, the wanker of the week. It's the cane corns, wanker of the week. That's right, it is the cane corns, wanker of the week award. Um, nominating wankers from across the world of sport and across the world in general. Um, I'm going to kick us off here, lads. Um, and I'm going to go, this, this is just, I'm going to go because it's a reiteration of a point from last week. I'm giving the wanker of the week to the general time management setup in the AFLW. Um, obviously I had a bit of a bitch and a moan about the fact that they have a running clock during ball ups and throw-ins, etc. in AFLW. Well, this week in the grand final, I decided to time it. We lost six minutes and 58 seconds out of the hour of game time while we waited for the ball to be thrown up, the ball to be thrown in, etc. Now, I worked it out. That's 11.6% of game time. So more than one of every 10 minutes of the game. This is not fucking good enough. It's not... This to me is disrespectful to the women's game to say that, oh yeah, well, we're happy to lose nine seconds here, 10 seconds there, 15 seconds here, you know, while we wait for players to get in position or while we wait for umpires to throw the ball, not good enough. Seven minutes of the grand final. It's, and in a close game, that could determine outcomes, really. It, it's, it's absurd. It's not that hard. Let's stop the clock. Hashtag stop the clock. So whoever's in charge of this is my wanker of the week. On to you, gents. <laughs> Do you guys have anybody? Well, I've got a couple of people. Um, mm-hmm. Or just been two Collingwood players that decided they mm. just because they got injured, it'll be all good for them to jump on their phones when it's pretty clearly stated in the AFL rules that no player is able to use a phone during a game. I feel like, well... You just cost your car, cost your club twenty thousand dollars now because mm. you decided we're going to use our phone. Sure, you're out of the game, but still, that's no excuse for breaching the rules of the AFL, which is I feel is been pretty clearly stayed for a long time. So Jordan Degoe and Jeremy Howe they get my wankers of the week because they just disregarded. A basic rule that no player should use mm. their phones during the game time. Integrity of the game, mate. Integrity of the game. You know, integrity. Play. Like how many times you hear of players gambling? Um, like mm-hmm. this thing happening because of gambling and that. And it's you should know better, especially when your club's going through some shit during the year. Mm. It's still going through a hard time and you're just adding more crap on to your team's plate that they just don't need. 
Excellent. No, I agree, Johnny. That's an appropriate wanker of the week award nominee. What about you, Sam? Um, <clears throat> I will. I'll keep mine brief, but uh, I had someone else, but I'm going to change it because I I had a, a a reminder to me just now. So my wanker of the week is just anyone theoretically out there that sits in a car in the driveway and revs the engine for absolutely no fucking reason. <laughs> 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 just yes. a theoretical person of course of course no no real person that lives next door to me that wouldn't happen i don't get it i don't understand it i get if you're driving in and you're taking off you want to hoon be a dickhead i understand that everyone's young and a dickhead <laughs> once i don't understand <laughs> sitting in the driveway continuously revving the car so this is just a, a psa to say that if you live in a suburban built-up area don't rev your car in a driveway. It makes you look like a fucking tool. Here's an interesting scientific study. Um, it's been found, I, I can't remember if it's monkeys or something, but anyway, it might just be animals in general. But they were saying that, I'm sure it was some sort of monkey. Monkeys that scream Jeez. the loudest often are the ones with the smallest testicles. And I think this really strongly correlates to the people who rev their car. I thought you were going to say the smallest brain, which would also make the most sense. I didn't expect the smallest <laughs> testicles. Yeah, well, there you go. So stop telling us your, your, your ball size, um, folks. Like, stop revving the fucking engine. No, I, I fully We're all going to now start talking very quietly to this podcast and be very measured and reserved and quiet because our testicles That's are right. so big. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. We need exactly. We, We've got a huge male sack. That's right. <laughs> Overloading. <laughs> Fit to bursting male sack with all the... <laughs> Correspondence from all our friends. Um, this this yeah. never got on the rails. <laughs> no, it was <laughs> just like a careening we waiting. This 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 podcast is like the train, you know, being hoisted first time. It's being craned onto the rails, and the crane gave out yeah. and dumped our train somewhere off to the side of the rails. <laughs> it's true. I, can, I don't can you just thoroughly. imagine what it's going to be like when we're in person and we're all in one spot oh, together? Christ. That's right. All right. Um, it'll basically be this, but with a lot more <laughs> butt slapping. Um, or, <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Um, it's a, footy, it's, a footy, it's a footy podcast. Come on, you make a good, you know, like joke. I'm going to slap your butt. Thanks for the context. That makes it better. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Does, does that mean we have a, a, a naked shower together? Yeah, no. Let's, uh, let's. Well, the acoustics, the acoustics um, in my bathroom are phenomenal. Yes. I mean, like a naked shower. Like... <laughs> because we all have fully clothed showers, don't yeah, we? I've, I've, got, I've got a microphone hanging from a chain in the, in the oh. bathroom. <laughs> Just stand around it. Lines up perfectly with the plug hole. Is that where Go you let's, Yeah, no, let's. Um... <laughs> Let's move it on. <laughs> All right. All right. So, obviously, um, as we've uh, been talking about uh, for pretty much since the show started, to be honest, um, literally since the show started, 
Agent O, our AFL insider, um, someone we've been wanting to get in contact with for the entire show, um, has gone missing. This is the context uh, with which we talk about this. Um, Agent O has been missing for the majority of this show, and we finally decided to pull our finger out and locate him. Uh, we've been concerned that he might have fallen prey to the vicious um, underground, uh, the underworld of the AFL Insider game, and we finally decided to reach out to a private investigator who can hopefully help bring Agent O home. Um, and we had a startling development this week uh, when I received an email communication uh, to the uh, Chaps Chat Cats Gmail account. If you want to message your fan mail to the Chaps Chat Cats at gmail.com, that's where you do that. It's also where we receive notes from hostages. Uh, to our friends of the podcast. It's a separate folder in the mail in the, in the mail app. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fan mail. Hostage yep. notes. Hostage notes of our friends and family. Um, all right. So this one, this one said, esteemed Jake, Sam, and Johnny, know that I am being held against my will. Know that I am alive, but have a massive concussion after being punched in the back of the head by an unidentified person wearing brass knuckles. Afterward, he told me, so he, note he, so we know that the, 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 the sex of the offender. He told me to enjoy the punch to the back of the head because it was part of the old game. I'm endeavoring to escape and will reach out to you again as soon as I can Boy, oh boy, wowee, my head hurts. Thank you for pressing on with your love of the cats. I will visit with you soon. XO, XO, XO. I mean, I'm quite fond of the way um, Agent O ends his, ends his communique, remembers the affection even while he's being, you know, waterboarded in some dungeon. He's nothing, nothing if not affectionate. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> he's nothing if not a lot of things, really, Agent O. Um, or <laughs> so does this does does this mean he's back home safe? Is he is he is he all well? I think it's I think it said he's currently being held. Still, he's they've mm. clearly given him some allotted computer time for him to browse <laughs> the web while he while he's in the basement, it's, or he is true. snuck out to use the maybe he snuck out to an internet cafe. If he's in an unfamiliar place, he might not know where to go to the police station or how to get home, but. He, he did know how to find an internet cafe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 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 boys, what we've what we've done? We we teased last week. I mean, we didn't tease. I mean, this isn't just a bit for the this show. Is serious, um, Jake. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Serious <laughs> shit. Um, someone's life in danger. Our more close friend. Um, I feel like I can only take it seriously when the music's back on. Um, so we we made contact um, with. Frankie, the Cash, Cash Neskovich, um, a PI, and we believe that this is the week. We're a, person <laughs> a, a person of interest. A person of interest. 
or a private investigator? <laughs> a private investigator. Um, Agent yeah, O both. in this I situation mean, really. the, uh, Yeah, I mean, it, I'm, I'm interested. Um, mm. It's always nice to have and a guest. person. <laughs> so in this very serious matter, we've now got Frankie, the cash, Cash Netskovich, on the line here um, from location undisclosed. Um, glad to have him on the show. Looking forward to hearing his expert advice on how we proceed from here. Um, we wish it was in under better circumstances, uh, Frankie, uh, but welcome to the show and we're glad to have you on the Chaps Chat Cats. For having me on the show, um, I'm glad you reached out because this is a very serious moment in your life. But I, the cash, will endeavour to bring your friend home well and safe and with all body parts intact. I mean, wow, that's a that's a huge relief, uh, Jake. As we've we've established before. Jake can't help but laugh when it's a serious, serious moment. It's a nervous tick. Life. It's it, a nervous it makes tick. it makes surgery very hard. They have to <laughs> strap his head down because he, he tends to just absolutely piss himself <laughs> laughing while on the table. It's true. Under, going, right. under the, going under the knife. People, other people sometimes juggle and do other stupid things when they're under pressure. And I feel like the ones they love are in danger. They juggle. Wow. I, I mean, yes. you, you're a man of the world. You've clearly seen a lot of things that I could scarce, scarcely imagine. Or comprehend. I've seen a man's head blown to pieces before. Jesus Christ. Was that, was that not during surgery? Or when someone was... <laughs> Shit. Oh, no. It's catching. Jake's, oh. Jake's nervous laughter. So I'm... I'm I'm sorry, Cash. I'm as sorry. As you can tell, as soon as you bring serious matters into people's perspectives, they they don't know how to react. Absolutely. Well, you're, I mean, I'm just a civilian. Seasoned. I'm just a, Absolutely. a civilian. You know, this, this stuff is, um, I mean, deeply troubling. I mean, you start talking about people's heads exploding. Um, and it just makes me think of our good friend um, who is currently, we believe, being held against his will uh first of all i guess i mean we're responsible not only for ourselves um but but obviously for the the people who listen to the show we we, we feel uh, indebted to our listeners to give them you know a, a broad perspective of who we're putting in charge of, of of leading this investigation um do you mind maybe just for the listener giving um them any sort of background you can about yourself frankie this country, uh, let's say, 20 years ago from another country. Uh, Can you tell us where that country was, or is it, or is that, is that classified? It's classified! Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I did, didn't mean any... any <laughs> yeah, of course, continue, continue carefully. Your head uh, could be exploded. My head could be exploded. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, got something in my throat. And now, it's a private investigation unit in uh, this in this fair city to help other families who may be afraid that their friends or families' heads may be exploded. Mm. Mm. As 
you two have reached, you, you three, I should say, have reached out to me because you were afraid of Agent O had been exploded <laughs> by someone in AFL world. Um, yes. That's our concern is, um, look, uh, really, I mean, I think you've really brought home the seriousness of the issue. I mean, we, we were talking, you know, yes. kidnap. It was sort of a funny bit, but now, I mean, heads exploding uh, kind of really, it really brings it home, brings it, brings it's it right back. It's much less funny. It's much less funny. Sometimes you need to bring in head explosions to really drive home the points that this is serious. Yes, yes, absolutely. I couldn't take it more seriously. Couldn't take it more seriously. I'm crying. I'm crying with how serious it is. I'm, 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 I'm weeping. Weeping. Um, so, so what? I mean, clearly you've you've demonstrated. I mean, with such clarity, why you started the PI service and yes. and your skills and your background. I think there's no further questions there. I, I have hundred um, percent record of bringing home people's bodies with no heads so you can be rest assured that your friend will be safe wait do you mean wait, with wait, no wait. heads or no heads exploded i've got to go goodbye wait 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 cash wait cash, wait wait wait, wait. Just, cash, cash. just just before you let well i'm sorry i shouldn't have i shouldn't have questioned your your record there of course i think there might be a slight um, breakdown between the uh with the uh, the language barrier um but, breakdown but i promise you Everyone I return home has got their head fully normal sized. Good, good. No explosions. <laughs> not not shrunken, not enlarged, not in pieces. That's that's really few, ideally how we'd like it. Pieces missing here and there. What could you tell? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's a kidnapping. These things are serious, yeah. you know. Nothing, yeah. nothing out. It's just got missing. Un- yes, cannot yes. be responsible for. Missing ear or nose? Of course, of, of course. I guess this this refers back to the uh, the forms, the waivers you had assigned before we had yeah. you come on the show. I guess, or oh, that was in there. I assume I didn't really read it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of wording. It's a lot of lot of stuff to read. I, you know, I trust you. I trust you. Um, now, as we we trust you so heavily, I mean, the next question really is. Uh, well, I was going to ask your advice, but maybe before we go to that, we should be clearing up exactly what this. What this is going to cost us? Mm. Um, I can't imagine you work for free. No. What uh, you know? Damn. money? I thought I'd chuck do it you, out there. I thought I'd chuck it out there. In, do you need this in cash? Can I pay you in Bitcoin? Cash works for cash. The cash, of no course. Bitcoin, no Dogecoin, no. Uh, no. But I okay. feel like we should discuss of some kind. The money. <laughs> side of things off this uh, off the uh, air mm-hmm. because i don't think the average listener wants to know how much money cash makes for bring home people and uh What's safety cash cash? Cash? no hex exploded uh, i mean that's a very important like, part yeah. yes incidentally if, if the listeners out there would like to donate to the GoFundMe for us to pay for cash to, to uh, mm. investigate Alan's disappearance. That, of course, would be would be appreciated. We can't obviously now tell you our goal because it is redacted for uh, confidentiality reasons. But if you want to give it some money towards 
some Something. kind of goal. It's cash for cash. Yeah, it's no it, fun to me. It, it will go <laughs> to cash. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, um, and, and I will be... bring home, uh, was it Agent Z? That's it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Agent yeah. Agent yeah. Agent yeah. Our dear friend. Our dear friend. Agents, not to bring home safely, but I'm a virtual. I bring your busy man back home safely. Absolutely, agent. Yes, yes, agent O. Agent O. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. That's that's fine. We we understand. We will discuss the the uh the fees off the air in a more uh confidential environment. Perfect. Uh, so, do you require anything else? For- do you require anything else from us, um, Mr. Cash, before we uh, move Just, on, or is this? Do you have hair samples, or urine samples, or even blood samples of Agent O? I have all of those. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, if we can transfer those to me, we can make this nice and quick and painless for perfect. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, no heads exploded. Everything. Everyone happy. I can do head exploding if you want. That's uh, that would be extra. For, for Agent O or the kidnappers? Your, your, your choice. Ah, oh, so you get a bit of wet work as well. Yeah, right. Do we call that whacking? Will you, will you, will you whack them? Um, look, this is, we'll see. Look, let's see how many um, of the aforementioned bits are missing from Agent O's head and how much, you know, how much street justice we want taken. <laughs> yeah. Where's your at? That is the common response. How much head exploding has happened before we decide? Yeah. It's um, a ratio. Perfect. There's a ratio. Yeah. There's a thing. But, yeah, definitely. Um, and transfer the email that you received and cash will get on the case. So far, it's Dan and Barrett or this Taylor of Brian that seems mm. to be the main suspects. Awesome. Well, look, I I feel more at ease than I did five minutes ago. That's that's what I'll say. I feel much more at ease. Um, thank you. If very anyone much. out there, if anyone that will let will let cash go, of course, is what you were saying. Uh, I'm sure Jake and I was just thought of let, let the listeners know if if they have any need for a private investigator, they of mm. course you know cash comes highly recommended. They can contact him at cash sixty nine redacted at hotmail dot com. Absolutely. If that is correct, and if Brian Tanner or David goes missing, do not blame Cash. No. Nothing, no, nothing to lead, nothing to lead, lead anyone you. your way. No suspicions here. Thank very you very much, much Mr. Uh, thank, you. thank you very much. We'll we'll be in touch. We'll be in touch. Excellent. Thank you, chaps. Chat cats. There he goes, uh, Frankie the Cash Kashnetsevich. Um, you know, Johnny, absolutely stunned by the news. I mean, I know you had to remove yourself from the situation. Um, oh, mm. absolutely. Whole... That, that, that was uh, full. I don't know. Yeah, and the gents were able to continue on. That was. I mean, we're just the sheer. On. It's a veneer of professionalism. You just get used to putting on when these things happen. Yes. It comes yes. with, with with practice, of course. I, I just don't have that practice yet. Maybe one day. Uh, Maybe one day. And now, uh, following this this discussion with with Cash, of course, you guys all laughed at me when we initiated our friendships and I demanded that you give me a hair, skin, blood and semen sample (laughs) to keep on file. But 
You know, hey, who, who's, who's look, laughing now? Uh, we're, we're not laughing now. We did back uh, then, but now we're just like, thank, uh, thank I guess. God. Someone at Sam's got those samples of us. Um, yeah. I'm, I think ahead. You're a thinker. Well, and hopefully it's not an exploding head. That, I mean, that really set me. <laughs> that really set me. <laughs> yeah, that, would, that, that was upsetting, wasn't it? I, can't, I yeah. wish I could not think an exploding head, but it's all I can think right now. <laughs> well... Uh, that's that one in the books. <laughs> let's uh, let's um, hop, skip, and a jump down to week six. I mean, it feels a little callous transitioning from uh, the search for Agent O's body hey, with head attached. Hey, um, hey, Agent O, we've we've always said he's nothing if not affectionate about football. Is what yeah. we always say. This is exactly. his life. He would under he would want us to continue callously skipping over his dire mm-hmm. situation to make sure we get in the analysis for next week. It's it's true. Absolutely. So, so let's whip through this baby. Uh, week six AFLM preview. Geelong plays the West Coast Eagles Saturday one forty five down at Cadinia Park. Um, the Cats, surprisingly heavy favourites if you look at the uh, odds provided by the people who dwell in the catacombs of Vegas. Um, last time they met, Geelong was defeated by the Eagles last season by nine points over in the West, 73-64, to 64, but they beat the Eagles twice in 2019, 88-68 to 68 in a semi-final and 104-46 to 46 earlier in the season. Some players to watch, gents. Alex Witherden, Luke Shuey, Dom Sheed, and former cat Tim Kelly are four of the major ball winners for the Eagles, and it's Witherden that gives them the most forward thrust, having gained a team-high 494 metres per game this season. Up forward, West Coast has a potent attack with Jack Darling, Oscar Allen, and Josh Kennedy all averaging between 2.6 and 3 goals per game. And down back, the Eagles rely on Jeremy McGovern, 8.4 8.4 marks and 7.8 intercepts per game. Shannon Hearn, 6.5 marks and 5.5 intercepts per game. And Tom Barras, 10 marks and 6.8 intercepts per game. The Ruck also presents a significant threat to the Cats in this matchup, as we spoke about earlier, with Nick Natanui providing both the height and athleticism to worry Reese Stanley at the contest and around the ground, averaging 28.6 hitouts while also ranking second in the team with seven clearances per game. And all of this is without even mentioning live wire forward Liam Ryan. So, look, they're a high-volume kicking team, the Eagles, with 245 of their average 370 disposals coming by foot. That's even more than the kick-happy cats. And the Eagles are efficient with the footy, um, averaging a disposal efficiency of 76.7%. Um, so the Eagles have the foot skills and the Fords. So it'll be interesting to see how the Cats intercept defense lines up against West Coast. Jeremy Cameron is a go and will play this week. Johnny, your thoughts on what you'd like to see happen and your pick for the game. Uh, <clears throat> I'd just like to see more accurate goal kicking. Cameron to Hopefully kick a bag, take some pressure off the hawk. And I'd like to see the Cats win. And I think we'll, I hope we win. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be place 60 point win to the Cats over West Coast 50. So 10 points. It's going to be 10 points game. Geelong, 50 to 60 to 50. 
All right. I am going to take the Cats, but I tell you what, I think it's going to be an absolute arm wrestle. I'm going to take Geelong winning 81 to 78. I think less than a goal. The Cats will squeak home. Um, uh, and that's I don't see the Cats blowing them out. I think either we get trounced by hmm. the Eagles or we, you know, get it done in a close one. Um would like to see more of the quick ball movement that we started to see. Would love to see Jeremy Cameron come in, play a full game, play a healthy game, and the Cats move to four and two. What about you, Sambo? Well, you stole my pick by a point. I was going to, I was going to say, um, ex- almost exactly what you said. What did you say mm. the Cats were going to be on? At 81, 81 to 81, 78. 70, 78. Okay, I was going to say eighty-two to seventy-nine. So. We nice. just got that same wavelength tonight. Um, yeah, I guess yeah. I'll, I, I'll change. I'll change it because there's no point because it just seems silly. So I'll I'll give us an extra couple of kicks on it. I'll I'll say we'll be eighty nine to mm-hmm. seventy seven. All right, couple Let's of goal win. Bring the bring the gap out a little bit. It's a little more comfortable. I think it's actually going to be much tighter. But let's let's mm. say. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be really really interesting. Um, mm. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be a couple of kicks in it. I think it'll be tight. Um, I just uh, uh, overall, I'm really simple thoughts from me. I just really want to see them want it. I really want to see them want to win that game, want to win the ball. Mm. Um, Absolutely. Which I think they will. I think personally, I think they'll come out with fire. I think they'll come out knowing they should have won more comfortably. Mm. Against the ruse, I think they'll come. Uh, hopefully, Scott's given a bit, bit of a talking to. Um, yeah, of he, course, yeah. Scott didn't look happy at the end of last week's game, so I, I feel like that the whole team. They once the sign went last week, they didn't look overly impressed with what mm. they put out last week. So I think um, I'm there with you, Sam. I hope that they do just come out and just want it more than what they did last week and yeah 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 i'd rather i'd rather i really honestly would as a fan i know this doesn't count for a club necessarily but as a fan watching i'd really really rather them see them play really well and it not be enough and them lose than play like shit and still get the win it just feels Mm. so bitter to to not to get a win that you don't deserve um, and if they put their all in and they try their hardest and they're just not good enough on the day, then I, yeah, there's not much you can do. So that's that's what I want. I just want want to see them really hungry. And I think we all can agree that I think if they do play their best, they can beat anyone. They can win basically any game that they got any opponent they're going up against. They can beat. So if they do put their best foot forward they'll they'll win and that's all we can hope for i think that's what's kind of exciting to think about the cats this season is that they we might have seen their worst footy this season like like it Mm. might only get better from here you know if if as we think you know they're playing sort of you know lower third football and they can elevate like it could be a really exciting season so uh, i hope we see signs of that i hope we see I'd just like to see a more functional forward line. That'd be my big thing. I'd like to see the forward line really function and and, and kick over 100 points. 
still feel like once Cameron comes into the side, I feel like a four line will get that much better. Yeah, like it, might, of... it might not be the magic bullet. It might take a couple of weeks to really blend him into the side, but I think yeah. he, he certainly has the potential to do what you're saying. Yeah. And it, mm. it's one of those things you don't want to put too much pressure on one player. But sometimes that one player can really just lift a team, especially when you've only got one truly dominant forward line player. And if you just had that one other player that can do what Hawkins can do, just take that pressure off him, then that could really just dismantle other teams' defence quite a lot. I mean, you see it with Richmond. They've got Lynch and Rewalt. Mm. How hard is it for oppositions to defend against that? Um, West Coast as well. They've got Darling and Kennedy. It's difficult to defend against that because you've got two great forward line players. You've got your star and then you've got the other player who's just as good, but I just, yeah. So yeah, I feel like the cats, they've got the, they've got a good, a good forward line now when hopefully Cameron can really take that pressure off Hawkins. Fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, absolutely. All right, lads, I'm going to play us out. With some music, shit. It was it was a long uphill, and then just like a <laughs> towards the end of the episode, it was, wasn't it? I feel like um, was. Cash really just brought us back down to earth a bit, there, didn't he? Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's hard to uh, hard to recover after being laid some truths like that. Yeah, here we are sitting hard. talking about football, and he's catching hand grenades, seeing heads explode. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the head's Sometimes exploding. a private investigator just really just drives it home for you. Um, my, my, uh, remember too, folks, go on bloody, if you listen to this podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and a review. Go and do it. You know you want to. I mean to ask every week, you know, um, we're not going to put the price of the podcast up, you know, so you can rest assured that what you're already paying... Um, you know, hmm. it's not going to increase. So, you know, go and get them get right. Of course. And uh, to get the more in-depth analysis of our each game, of course, there is the in-app purchase of a mere seven ninety nine per analysis of game of the game. But now you know, in no way required to pay that. Is, but it's, is that it's an option. per minute or per second? I can't remember which one we put. <laughs> that's that's well, on the chat. I think that I think it's only fans. That's right. <laughs> $7.99 per minute of, of nude game analysis in the, sh- <laughs> in, the, in the shower record booth. 